first scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. This is Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. I'm Hugh Evans. The decade we have arrived at, the 1990s. A decade of torture for Celtic, but with one redeeming feature. The capture of the league title in 1998, which prevented Rangers from winning 10 in a row. Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. Well, we're talking about these members of the football aristocracy. Loudrup, Gascoigne, Larson. Mm. Another one strolled in then, uh, and I remember, and I've never, ever been allowed to forget it, <laughs> Lubo Moravchik. <laughs> and, and I've written in a, a newspaper column, who's this guy? What are you saying him for? So do your homework here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lubo Moravchik. I remember his first Old Firm game. I'm sure you do too, Simon. He scored twice. Yeah. And when he scores the first goal, he looked around Celtic yeah. Park as if to say, yeah. what, what, what have I done? And by the second goal, he was quite enjoying himself. Yeah, yeah, and it's great, great memories and that bit of footage I've really enjoyed over the years it is. He's just taken the whole thing in. Back inside and half chance, a shot! Lobovic has scored for Celtic! The 33-year-old on his old firm debut after 12 minutes! Celtic one, Rangers now. A great ball up the right here, Simon Donnelly can eat the boy, it is in fact cuts it in, there's a glancing error, it's 2-0! Lubomir at the double, he's done it again! He scored the second goal, absolutely incredible! But Lubo, I know you went down on uh, paper, you know, but we were, we were thinking that the same thing or similar, you know, who, I didn't know who Lubo Maravchik was at all, and it's probably your own... Ignorance of the game because when you now look back, you've got guys like Zidane saying mm. he was the best mm. 10 in that French league at the time. Uh-huh. Zidane looked up to Miravchik in terms of how he played the game, which is incredible. What a you know, a compliment that is. Uh, but we didn't know, but I tell you, one <laughs> we knew after one training session, yeah, because you could not tell if the guy kicked. If he was strong on his right or strong on his left, because he was equally good with both. Mm. He was putting things in. He was taking corners with outside of both feet, finishing with both mm. feet, and everybody to a man, more or less, stood back and went, "Wow!" Uh-huh. And the guy, I mean, the guy had a successful three or four seasons at Celtic, maybe a wee bit longer. But boy, I wish we'd got him. You know, mid twenties, what a player! After six, I think six titles in a row, you, Mark, decided. Mm. To go, yeah. Uh, everyone's wise with the benefit of hindsight. But yeah. Do you regret that now? Probably the worst decision I ever made. I think as a, as a, as a, as a player, um, and 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 I always go back to this because my dad, back go to my dad. And I always take a lot of things from from him because he was a successful player. Never make a decision when you're under the weather or not well, yeah. right? And I just had a, an operation on my ankle and my knee at the same time. And that's when um, that's when QPR came into me. So I was sort of in rehab, um, and I was probably ten days into it, and I needed to be six six to eight weeks um, just to tidy up. And then QPR just came in and offered uh, a million and a half quid for thirty five year old, um, which to the chairman sounded good business. Uh-huh. You know, he's looking at his centre forward, um, sat there with. You know, 
a lot of scars on his knee and his ankle um, and thought, right, it might be time to, you know, cash in on this. Um, and he, was, he left it completely up to me um, whether I wanted to do it. And it's, as I say, you know, the worst decision I ever made when I got down there. Um, it was all hurry, hurry. They wanted me to play before the, the, the rehab was completely done. Um, so I was probably doing a little bit more harm to myself, trying to obviously help Ray get, you know, who, who was the manager down there. Uh, get into the side and and help the side because it was struggling, um, and as I say, it's it was it it was I was going to say it was it was hard work. It was I was coming from an organisation that was so professional um, um, to uh, an organisation that was completely the opposite um, and didn't see the value of waiting the period to get me back strong, um, hurrying me back. And I suffered, I think, suffered for about seven or eight months uh, on, while that I was playing and I couldn't train. So you know what it's like when you yeah. can't train it, and it, it, the game becomes hard work. And then we had a bit of a fallout, um, not with Ray, uh, with his assistant. Um, and then I just said to Ray, I need to get away from here because this, this is not helping you and it's not helping me. So I just went to... Um, Howard Wilkinson, uh, who was my first my first manager for South Knots under twelves, believe it or not, <laughs> he was at Leeds United, and he said, "Get yourself up here." So I went up there and uh, struck up a partnership with Rushy for four or five, six months, and then got the call to come back. That's how that happened. Did you actually miss the country? And the football club as much as anything else. Yeah, absolutely, I did. I missed the the camaraderie because, as I say, the, the professionalism and what we had. You know, as I was saying about going out and winning together and playing together and eating together and all that sort of stuff. We used to do that every Tuesday, uh, all fifteen, sixteen of us going out, as you would probably know, Hugh, because you must have kept so many stories out of the newspaper <laughs> for Mister Murray. It was and, and Walter. Um, uh, that that didn't exist anymore. Um, I think I got a, a slightly that back at, uh, at Leeds United because there were some big characters at, at that side. Um, but I think the, the I think the, the, the final I think um, well being for me was getting that call on a Thursday um, to 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 come back up the road. Um, I was just sat in the, the kitchen down in, in in Ascot, and the phone rang. Um, uh, Mrs. picked the phone up and she just said, "It's it's um, it's your agent on the phone." And, uh, and I picked it up, and he just the first thing he said was, "Do you want to go back to Rangers?" So immediately you think it's a player winding you up, oh. right? An ex-player <laughs> or something winding you up. So I just put the phone down, and it rang again, and he picked it up. So he said, "Don't put the phone down." He said, "This is Walters, and I've been on the phone to David Murray. They want you to go back to the end of the season." Was struggling for players and has got an old firm game coming up and that was on the Thursday before the old firm game I think it was on the Saturday uh-huh. so it was like a, a nanosecond uh, a nanosecond that you would probably think you would need to think twice about because uh, when you think about it I'm going making a decision right now um, I'm you know way into the back end of my career um, thinking right I'm going to go back for four months to try and get the nine in a row sort of stuff but if I fail I could be remembered for the guy that went back and we failed uh-huh. and everything that had gone before would be forgotten mm. but it didn't it was just it was the automatic yes I'm coming so uh, do you remember that one yes I do indeed 
Indeed, indeed. And, and, as, and as Graham said, there's always one, more than one way of skinning a cat. Um, you know, we 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 got a, a real tough game that game. Um, it was, you know, we we didn't play well, but we got a goal when we weren't playing well. Um, I was there uh, first two minutes. I thought, I saw, you know, sorted somebody out and got the fans <laughs> up and we got the team up. Um, and then we scored a scrappy goal, and then we got battered. Um, um, and as as I recall, um, back in when I, when it joined, and it, and when Graham was talking to the boys, you know, he says more than one way of winning a game and all that. And if you want a reaction, let's have a big tackle, um, roll your sleeves up, get everybody together, start a fight, do something, you know. And that happened. Um, and it, believe it or not, it was it was a, a fight that Brian Ladrup started. <laughs> Yeah, and I think who was it? Was it uh, Whitey? Um, Derek White. Derek yeah. White. And I'm thinking, no, <laughs> no, it's not. Ladder doesn't fight, you know. Uh, but he, I think uh, Derek had stamped stamped on his back or something or other, or, or caught him. So I just went over there as a, as a peacemaker, believe it or not. Mm. And then Charlie Miller grabs grabs me from behind, and I've got a big ugly goalkeeper running up the pitch. Uh, and literally a referee standing behind me, and and I swear to this day, you you know, I got sent off that day for a headbutt. There was never a headbutt involved. My head went down like that because I couldn't get my arms up. And uh, Charlie's fault. Charlie's yeah. fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Charlie got me in, a, in in this bear hug, and he was holding on to me. And I'm thinking, Dad says, if you're ever in a fight, you put your chin on your chest, and you've got more stand chance of standing on your feet for a bit longer. Um, so I put my head down and the referee just saw my head go down but we were, were very very close uh-huh. like that but we never came together I got sent off the team went to 10 men everybody rolled the sleeves up and you know the rest is history as they say so you know we we got the result just by rolling our sleeves up and, and you know putting ourselves about it the rest was indeed history now Rangers have equalled nine in a row which Celtic did under Jock scene. Ten in a row, never been done by anyone. At the start of that season, in comes Vim Janssen with Murdo McLeod. Yep. You lose 2-1 at Hibs. You played in Fairland in the next game. You lose at Celtic Park to Dunfermline. I'm standing here in the Radio Clyde studio doing the phone-in and that night, the first phone caller said, get Janssen out and get him out now after two games. That set mm. the tone for an unbelievable season, Simon. Well, first and foremost, I'm no surprised at the reaction there. You know, uh, sounds about right for Glasgow, doesn't it? Aye, it does. <laughs> it does. Uh, but you, you couldn't make it up. You know, I've, I've thought about it over the years. It's it's a it's a film that season. Uh, Murdo took us to to Holland pre-season. Murdo himself has told me that he didn't know what capacity he'd come back to the club in. You know, he thought maybe reserve coach, but they gave him the the job of taking us to pre-season because we didn't have anybody in charge at the time. Uh, Vim came in as we were over in Holland. Again, through probably our own ignorance, none of us really knew who Vim was. He'd been at two World Cup finals, uh, been there and done it. But again, a new name to us. We'd been linked by Ruth Hullet to everybody else. And uh, Vim gets the job, comes in in Holland. And... As you say, first game, sunny day, Easter Road. Mm. He's so-called star signing, 
plays it in, Chick Charlie scores, we get beat 2-1. We go to Celtic Park the following week, get beat, no points from the first two games in the most important season of the club's history. It's, I think we went to St. Johnson midweek in the Cup and then on the Saturday went back up there to play them in the league and managed just to kind of halt that bad start. You know, we, I think we won an extra time and then went up there and won 2-0 and that kind of turned it a wee bit but we'd, we'd seven or eight players came in mm. to the club at that time. You know, you had Burley arrived, Lambert came a wee bit later, Jackson, Mark Reaper came a wee bit later. It was like a revolving door and it probably took us to, well, I think, you know, we, we, we started okay in Europe and we, we got drawn with Liverpool in the UEFA Cup third round or whatever it was and a decent Liverpool team at the time and I remember I was buzzing because I'd supported Liverpool mm. as a kid and we're going to go and play you know the Battle of Britain and it was over those two games that I think that we sat and thought you know what we've got something here we've got a team here that can go and do something we took a lot of confidence for the two games because we should have put Liverpool out oh. They went through in away goals What's it like to live With that burden of expectation Because The city Is in Ferment the, the, It means so much To Rangers and Celtic supporters Yeah What's it like to live with That burden on your shoulders I think For me Signing for Celtic at 17 I felt When you get into the first team I, th- I felt the burden Anyway, because Celtic Rangers are expected to win every game and they're expected to win every game. I remember coming out of Celtic Park one day, we'd won 4 0, and I was getting stuck off a fan because he'd 5 0 and he's cooking. <laughs> you know, so, so you're used to that to an extent, but to answer your question, I was 23 24 that season, and I think I'd be more nervous now because I, I, you can I just get. Caught up in that a wee bit I think the more experienced players Might have felt differently But at the time I just got caught up And just do your job Week by week Do your job uh, If I was to go back And do it just now At 45 And realise the Real enormity of it And what it meant To the club And preserving the History of the Lisbon Lions I'd probably Not handle it as well now As I did then As we agreed earlier Mark uh, The social environment mm. Has changed Do you Envy Or do you feel Sorry for the players of Rangers and Celtic who have to live with this 10 in a row season going on now yeah but I think you work it both as a positive uh, for both sets, for both organisations um, you know, I was saying there to Simon just listening to Simon the burden the burden's on yourself anyway it's not about this and that the burden for me was always about being the best you could be on every given day yeah. um, training or, or playing football that's that's where the burden starts. It's not about winning ten in a row, stopping ten in a row, winning nine in a row. It's about winning every game, every challenge. That is your own personal burden, and I think all 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 the top players carry that. That's why they are great players and they play for so long. Um, we're back to now stopping whatever you want to stop or starting a new era for for, for Rangers. Um, it is what it is, but all I would say to, to every individual, be the best you can be on every given chance, every given occasion. And that's all you can worry about because you, if you are the best, right, there's no, there's no arguments. And you, 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 you know you've come off a pitch and thought, I've not been my best today. Yeah. I've let myself down. And it's that, 
that's that adage where you say, we can just have a take a look in the mirror. Can you do that today? So all those the burdens and responsibilities about playing for big football clubs. Some people can handle it and some people can't handle it. But I think it's all down to, to individuals. In that it's, season, yeah. Simon, there was a pivotal game at Celtic Park where Craig Burley and Paul Lambert scored and Celtic won 2-0. Uh, where Andy Gorham was terrific as usual, but he couldn't stop two fine goals. Were you conscious that day that this was a, a turning point in that season? Yeah, I think so, because I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Rangers, if they get the result that day, they were going six points clear or something, uh-huh. I think, at the turn of the year. It was a crucial, crucial game. Uh, the manner that we went about it as well, again... The two, the two goals came late on in the game, I think. Uh, but yeah, you could you could probably pick the bones out that full season. You know, there was little bits throughout the season. Touched on the Liverpool game, touched on the St. Johnson game on the back of the, the terrible start. Uh, and even looking back, I know Mark said earlier on, he doesn't really look back at stuff. I, I don't really, but I'm on Twitter, so people throw stuff up all the time. And I seen a game the other day, we beat Motherwell, 3-2 but we were we were behind twice in the game so it just kind of emphasises mm. to you that it wasn't plain sailing you know it was ups and downs hearts were in amongst it up until mm. about the turn of the year then they fell away and you're you're always living with that pressure of how did they do how oh. did they do and it got down to that second last game where Rangers get beat on the Saturday against Kilmarnock with a late goal yeah. and that, that was the first time it was in our hands mm. two games mm home it was the first time that we could actually say we're in control now and then the pressure changes again then it changes again yeah. we go to Dunfermline the next day we get into a good position you scored I score the goal we get into a good position 15 minutes for the end of the game it felt as if the whole every Celtic supporter was in Fife that day it was green and white <laughs> everywhere because the expectation was this is the day we're going to do it and then they equalise with 15 minutes to go and I can remember the the feelings in the dressing room and the bus back to Celtic Park. Every guy to a man obviously gutted with the way it went. But we wanted to get in place St. Johnson right now. We wanted to go back to Celtic Park. Can we play the game now? Because we had to wait a full week for that yeah. game. Before I go through the events of that day, Mark, John Brown you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Walter, mm-hmm. Ali McCoyst, mm-hmm. steeped in Rangers. Mm-hmm. What were they like on the day of a game against Celtic? Uh, Walter would be calm and in control. He was the manager. But you had some real Rangers men there. Yeah, a bomber would <laughs> marching up and down. People are different. And Simon will tell you, some people just sit down and read a programme. Some want to fiddle with the ball. Some yeah. are marching up and down. You know, some just are really, really vocal. And some just sit in a corner, uh, staring into space, you know, looking looking to how they're going to chart the game through the, their own mind. Yeah. Um, I was not much of a talker because I, I was I was always I had always had the first fifteen minutes of every game uh, that I played what I wanted to do in my head, um, and go from there sort of stuff. Um, so I'm 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 thinking what we're doing and and, and what have you. But I, I mean, I Alistair's on 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 the right hand side. I sat in the corner. Uh, and I had Ian Durant on on the left hand side of me, so I've got verbal tennis going backwards and forwards between these two while I'm trying to focus on what I'm trying to do for the first fifteen minutes of a game. You got Ian Ferguson sat next to uh, Alistair, uh, who's chipping in with the odd 
you know, yeah. pearl of wisdom. <laughs> um, and you know, it's 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 all different. Bomber was Bomber was a he was a a, a big loud voice in 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 the dressing room. You know, you've heard the story about the hyper hyperventilation and the, the blowing into the bag and all that sort of stuff. That's the the sort of person that Bomber is. Um, Richard Richard Goff very calm. Um, as 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 you saw when he played, um, and then you know it's you know we had a good with Archie Knox and, and Walter. You know, got two good guys in there that you knew how and could see up and pick up on every little emotional vibe that was happening in in there. But there was for all for all firm games, they were very simple because um, I think the bigger the game, the better the performance. I, I, I always thought, I thought we always in, in that period were, were very, very good in the big games. Um, cause we had, we had outlets, uh, we could score goals from all over. You know, we had two center halves that scored goals. We had a midfield, midfield trio that could score goals. We had, um, wide players that scored goals. And then you had your two center forwards that scored goals for fun. So we had all that, um, sort of, not so much pressure, but joy, knowing that we could all rely on each other uh, to pull something out of the bag. So it was, it was a great environment to be in. Especially as I say, the old firm games. Initially, it was Aberdeen when we, yeah. when we, when when the you know when the the, the nine started, uh, and you know it was a lot of a lot of you know a, a lot of great moments in them uh, in them in them periods, as I recall. Oh. So Rangers have nine in a row. If you mess up against St Johnson at Celtic Park, they might have ten. Yeah, I remember going <clears throat> there that day with Davy Proven. We were the commentary team for Super Scoreboard, and there were men and women around about us who were physically trembling. It meant that much to them. They were in a state of what I could only call nervous anxiety. How on earth did you manage to keep calm in the dressing room? Because it's your your job. It's it's a weird one because, as I say now, I'll probably get it now, twenty odd years later. But it's your job. You're focused. You're in the you're in the starting eleven. That's the first thing you look at it. Am I playing today? Yeah, I'm playing. I'm starting. Brilliant. Uh, it's St. Johnson at home. We expect to beat St. Johnson at home. And Henrik scores after two or three minutes, and you're thinking. This will be three or four today. We'll actually close the season out in a bit of style. Uh-huh. That didn't happen, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, I've watched that game back. First half, we do everything but get the second goal that would effectively kill the game. But you can see the nerves creeping in the second half. And mm-hmm. lockdown, they showed that game in Celtic TV or something. You can see misplaced passes. You can see it starting to play in people's minds. This time last week, Dunfermline equalised. Uh, I think Rangers were doing the job up at Tannadice. You could sense that from the crowd. You know, that one false move here. St. Johnson get a couple of scrambles in the box that could quite easily have went in in another day. And then we get the second goal that kind of just got us over the line. I think maybe 60, 65 minutes. Because we knew then that was it. You know, St. Johnson only coming back. But I can understand and I'm I'm proud. I, I take a lot of pride for actually playing my part in that because I, I know exactly what it means to the Celtic fallen uh, and it goes back to that marvellous team Celtic's best team when they won nine in a row they didn't want that record beat. so it's it's a huge achievement for the club that year but at the time 
it's weird. The 90 minutes, it's just you're, you're consumed with the game and what you have to do. It's up the line for McNamara to chase. He's got right back in the middle. McNamara, best time, Harold right back. Let's go for Celtic. It's Harold the Great. 2 0 for Celtic. The fans erupt. It's all over. Celtic have won the 97 98 Bells League Championship. I assume the celebrations were lavish because I remember. Henrik Larsson going into the director's box to do an interview with a Swedish journalist and Henrik was wearing a Henrik Larsson mask <laughs> so I take it the celebrations were on the lavish side yeah yeah I think we had a great I, we actually missed because the pitch invasion you couldn't see Celtic Park for fans we kind of missed that because we've come back inside but I wouldn't have probably change that for the world because that wee period we had the boys Marco mm. been through mm. it. The boys in the changing room, the family and friends were in the the family uh, lounge, right beside the home dressing room at that time. Everybody came together, and it was an hour that I'll never forget. You know, just seeing your mum and dad there, your sister, your friends, your family, all the other uh, teammates' families. It was a, it was a great moment. If you'd been at Milan, Monaco, played for your country. Do you look back on Rangers as what the best of it all, or a, a, a golden interlude in it all? No, I think it would be the best because I think my game was pre- pre- pretty much at a uh, at its climate. I think my overall game when I came, I was twenty eight years old, so I've been in in Europe for six years, and I'd learn a lot, learn how to play the game. Um, yeah, been taught by some good people and uh, how to play European football and I think if you can back back then European football as a striker was all about your touch and your movement and creating space for for you know for, for people and the likes of yourself a number 10 that goes beyond you yeah. or comes to your feet all that sort of stuff a European striker so oh yeah my 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 big challenge was to get myself fit and in the right space and in the right headspace to deal with playing in, in Scotland. Um, that was the only concern for me. Uh, as I say, I, I've always had that confidence that I would be back to being a strong player. Um, and I had all the tools um, to be able to do that. It took me a little bit longer than, um, than, than than I anticipated. But as I say, I enjoyed it uh, immensely. Um, it was good fun. Um, and as Simon would say, you're, in, you're, you're a professional athlete to win things. Not a professional athlete to become in second all the time or third, mm. you know, and failing. Um, um, so it was it was a great period. I'd actually obviously won my f- my first championship in 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 Monaco, so that was a, a great experience. And and the ramic- ramifications of all around the football club that 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 go on when you do win a championship. Um, so um, yeah, I was able to bring that in 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 into Rangers and, and and you know and sort of pass that in information on, um, but it didn't need much. I mean, all the guys were the same sort of mentality as me. They all wanted to to win badly. You came back and never left. Yeah, basically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, like the weather. <laughs> was it the lure of the country and the friendships that were made? Yeah, I think so. Um, as a, as a player, I, I really never went outside the family um, as a, at all. I mean, as you say, you, you, you had the odd in Europe. You had the, the odd the odd night, and you had a lot of retiros of staying away at Milan. We used to go away on a Thursday for a Sunday game and just stay at the training ground and all oh, live and breathe football. Yeah. I didn't like that. Um, at all um, uh, which Niels Lee down literally um, he sort of 
he uh, uh, he, mip- he manipulated a way where I didn't have to come in uh, with the rest of the boys. I just came in the night before. Um, I didn't like staying away, um, but it was it was it was it was it was the the best place to be, um, and in an environment as I say, where you're winning all winning most of the time. As you say, you Celtic lost one game one season. Yeah. And that's a big thing to, to, to take on board and, and to and, and to accept that you don't win it. That you don't that, win it. I know. You don't I know. win it. After uh, the ten in a row stopped, you went your travels soon after. Did anything ever match playing for Celtic? I don't want to be disrespectful to the other clubs, but no, no. Uh the level of player that I played with wasn't the same. Uh, the atmosphere of a, a Rangers game or a, a European night at Celtic Park was never never the same again. You know, I had a decent career. I went down to experience the English side of it for four years. I had a touch of the English Premiership. Uh, things didn't work out for us. Different circumstances, but nothing... Nothing that I experienced after I left Celtic could hold anything to the, the seven years I had there. Uh, in terms of education first, coming through, the calibre of player that I developed, you know, watching and then training alongside. And then for the five and a half years I was in the first team, mm. some top players. Just one final observation for both of you. This, this is the fourth podcast. Uh, we had Jim Craig and Colin Steen for the 60s. We had Davey Hay and Peter McCloy for the 70s. We had Ian Durant and Peter Grant for the 80s. Now you two for the 90s. And the one thing I'm always struck by, the mutual respect that the Celtic players had for the Rangers players and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think because we know how hard it is. Uh, both sides of the, the, the both sides of the city for what the people want. Yeah. Both sets of fans need and want and crave for all the time. Um, you know, we know football's a way of life in, in Glasgow. Um, you know, it's it's more than a way of life sometimes, which becomes difficult to understand. But um, you know, we have the respect for each other because we know the demands are very very high for uh, for for both for Celtic and Rangers players. But uh, it's a difficult job to take on. Um, but you have to take it on and you, and, you, and you have to embrace it, I think. And that's when you become successful, when you're embracing what you, you're actually doing and what you're trying to achieve. And you still play five or six, Simon, with former Rangers with few, players. Yeah, with a few who still like to kick me. One of your guys <laughs> in here, Alec Ray. Yeah. <laughs> but no, as, as Mark says, it is, it's a mutual respect because what we're going through in one side of the city is exactly what they're going through on the other side. I grew up with, with Charlie Miller, came through for mm-hmm. Glasgow schools and probably our careers, you know, first team at the same time. But it's still Charlie, my mate from Glasgow schools days. Uh, and you just appreciate everything that he's going through because you're experiencing it, albeit in a different mm-hmm. strip. It's, it's the same thing. Simon, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Welcome. Cheers. Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades.